Granger. Yes, please, Granger, aren't you? That's what it says on the door of this office. It also says, please knock. Granger, I got a little job for you. All you have to do is sit behind that desk for a little while. That sounds like picking up a few dollars the easy way. A woman is coming to see you. She'll hand you some dough, then I'll come back and you hand the dough to me, okay? I see. First of all, I'd like to know who my clients are. Give out with a name, friend. I'm Larry Simons. Yeah, I've heard of you. You're one of those boys who haunt the cocktail joints uptown. Pick up some doll who's romance-minded. Only when you're finished with her, she's out money and in the set of hurt feelings. Oh, never mind that. Do you want this job or not? Larry, I want you to get out of here fast. Look, there's a fast 50 in this for you, gumshoe. You know something? One of my little quirks is that I hate to repeat myself. Now beat it, worm, before I throw you out. Nobody ever threw Larry Simons out of any place. Well, I'm going to break the record. Now blow, will you? You're spoiling my day. I'm going to spoil something else for you, too. Remember that. So long, Snoop. This is Steve Granger, private detective, with a story about a bland bit of blackmail and a brownette baby who was right in the middle of it. In just a moment, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. This is Granger. I was sitting in my office after having shown Mr. Larry Simons the door, not too politely. I wasn't feeling any heartburning over that because that was one young hoodlum who left the kind of taste in my mouth that chlorophyll couldn't cure. Then I had another visitor. Mr. Granger, I've come here for some advice. Yeah, most people do. What can I do for you? Suppose you knew that a certain person was going to kill someone else. Would it be against the law not to report it? What? You're not deaf, are you, Mr. Granger? Listen, mister... How long have you been out of the booby hatch? I am asking for your professional opinion on a serious matter, Mr. Green. Take it to the police, pal. They love to interfere in incomplete killing. I've thought of that, too. But you see, I don't particularly like the victim to be. I'd appreciate your opinion. Well, if you know a murder is to be committed, there's no law in the world that can make you tell about it. Because you're the only one who knows that you know. Or am I being too confusing? No, not at all. Thank you, Mr. Granger. And good day. It wasn't starting out to be one of my best days First a cheap hoodlum, then an elderly nut I decided I needed a drink to put things right There was a spot just down the street I walked in, gave the bartender the nod And sat down at a table to await my usual It arrived simultaneously with something else A girl she had brown hair, swing and sway, walk and clothes that spelled, what are you doing later, baby? Mr. Granger, why aren't you in your office? Because, little lady, I wanted to come in here. So I did. Any further questions? Larry told me you'd be upstairs. I saw you come out and come in here. Larry didn't tell me you were going to do that. Larry is not my master. I go where I please. I don't understand all this. Larry was very explicit. Larry should crawl into a hole. Let someone fill it with water. Well, I didn't think you felt that way. Oh? We might as well get on with our business. Well, here's the money. That green stuff makes it seem like St. Patrick's Day, but you're a few months late. Did Larry give you the paper? Baby, take this money and put it back in your handbag. Makes me nervous. What are you talking about? Larry told me you'd have a paper for me. I've got nothing. But he promised to sign a release. 
You were going to hand it to me. You're on the right track, but you got the wrong train. Your pal Larry came to me with such a proposition. But I threw both him and proposition out the door. Ergo, no paper. You threw Larry out of your office, but, but he said everything would be all right. What? He even promised. You put all of Larry Simon's promises end to end, it would end all promises. I think you're lying. I'm not lying. Also, I'm not in business with any cheap little blackmailer. Tell that to your greasy little friend. Friend? Yeah. Let me tell you something else. A young woman as attractive as you could have hundreds of boyfriends. None of them even remotely resembling Larry Simons. Can I make myself clear? You think Larry is my boyfriend? I'm sure he's not your cousin. Mr. Granger, I hate Larry Simons. That adds another name to a growing list. So do I. I'm glad to hear that, Mr. Granger. <laughs> Sorry I bothered you. Goodbye. Uh, wait. Watch your hurry, and who are you? I am the person who's going to give Larry Simon a bad time. The girl moved out the door of the cocktail lounge wearing an expression in her eyes that spelled trouble with a large T for one Larry Simons. I waited a split second and moved after her. Ranger, wait. Hey, you deaf, I said wait. Larry, take your hand off my arm. Don't go tough on me, Granger. I want that dough. I've got no dough. I let go, I'm in a hurry. I'm not letting go until you hand over that money. I saw the dame go over to your table in that joint. I watched her give you the money. And you also saw me refuse it. Now get away from me. People might think we're friends. Now look, look, Granger, you, you don't know what you're doing. I, I gotta have that money. If I don't get it, it means my skin. And that's my wish for today. See you, Larry. <laughs> Don't grab me again, you hear? Hand over that dough, Granger. Moving up in your profession. Turning into a gun boy, are you? In the middle of the street, too. I'm not kidding, Granger. This is serious with me. I'll say it's serious. <clears throat> now I'll take that gun, thanks. Here, here, what's going on? And give me that gun. Who do you think you are, waving a revolver around in public... Come on, come on. Hand it over. Here you are, officer. Now then, march, both of you. Guns in the middle of the day on Broadway. Now, just a minute, officer. Here's my license. Steve Granger? So you're the private eye, are you? What's all this about? The gun belongs to this man, Larry Simons, officer. So? You have a permit to carry this thing, mister? I sure have, officer. There, here it is. Hmm. Simons, 2365 East 69th Street, New York. Okay. Take your gun and put it away. Officer, I want to say... Granger, you keep quiet. Now, get up the street, Simons, and don't let me catch you waving a gun around again. Thanks, officer. Hey, which way are you going, Granger? Any direction you're not taking, Larry. Just stay away from me. Now, listen to me for a second. Because I'm... the next time I have to take a gun away from you, I'll put a slug right between your eyes. That'll be enough of that kind of talk, Granger. Simons, get out of here. Go on, go on. Granger, you stay with me. The police officer held me by the arm until Larry Simons disappeared in the crowd. Then he handed me one more admonition to behave myself and turn me loose. I went home hoping to spend a quiet evening. If I'd known what was in store for me, I would have left town instead. Now what? Who are you and what do you want? My name is Alan Gilbert. 
I want to have a little talk with you. Okay, chum. My hours are ten to five. You can catch me any day at my office downtown. I want to talk to you right now. That's what I was afraid of. My girlfriend came to see you today. She's in trouble. Most interesting. She wanted to give you some money. You refused it. More people seem to have seen that transaction. Also, she's been seen around New York with Larry Simons. He's a crook. This is as interesting as the latest novel, little man, but still none of my business. I think she's in trouble, Granger. And I came here to tell you that if you're the cause of it... I've heard enough of this. Take your foot out of my door, pal, or I'll part your toes for you. Just remember, if you play tricks with Alice Balfour, you'll wind up in the morgue. I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. This was nuisance number three. This white-faced young man who threatened me about his girlfriend and then moved away down the hall. I closed the door and slipped the lock, hoping for a little peace, unspoiled by cheap grifters and young heroes. But this was obviously the day I should have gone to the country. Hello. Mr. Granger, this is the man who came to see you earlier today. Pardon my being so abstract, but which one are you? I spoke to you about a possible murder. Not you again. I have an errand for you, Mr. Granger. I'll pay $50. I'm never murder-minded after 6 o'clock. Sorry, mister. This has nothing to do with murder. I want you to come to my place as quickly as possible. What for? A very important but highly confidential matter. My home is at 3456 West 37th Street. I jotted down the address and got on my way, wondering just what this was all about. But I decided to stop off at Cal Hendricks' place. This whole business had an odor about it, and I figured my newspaper friend might be useful. Hiya, Steve. How's business? Crazy, man. Crazy. I had a visitor this morning, Larry Simons. Oh, that creep. Yeah, I told him to creep right out of my door. Then I had another caller. Oh, here, hang on to this. Yeah, what's this address for? Concerns my second caller. An elderly gent with questions about what the law would say about people who know a murder is going to be committed and won't say anything about it. Your choice of clients leaves a lot to be desired, chum. Yeah, I know. Thought I lost him, but he just phoned. Asked me to come up and see him. Ah, uh, this is his address. You want me to keep it? Yeah. Thanks so much. Don't mention it. I won't. Unless I don't happen to come back. I left Cal, flagged down a hack, and a few minutes later, we pulled up at 3456 West 37th Street. I was admitted by the elderly gent himself and taken into a large library. Hey, this room should do. Chair, Mr. Granger? <sighs> now, I suppose we start at the beginning, huh? What's your name? I am Edgar Balfour. I have a niece named Alice. She's being blackmailed. I think I've heard this before. I am in a very unfortunate position, Mr. Granger. Her father's will made me the trustee of her estate. And there are conditions. What kind of conditions, Mr. Balfour? First, Alice is a very strong-minded person. However, her judgment is not always good. Her father was aware of this when he made out his will. Go on. For instance, the estate goes to charity should she be a judge guilty of even a misdemeanor. Misdemeanor? That includes minor things. Traffic tags and whatnot. Mr. Granger, I'm not a man with a whip in his hand. I could overlook something as slight as that. However, something more serious has taken place. The blackmail? This morning, yes. She got $1,000 from me. 
It's the second time in two weeks I've granted her wish for a large sum of money. Second time? Yes. She's paying off, Mr. Balfour. Don't ask me how I know, but I do. Perhaps you'll also know the man's name then, huh? I could guess. Would Larry Simons be close? Too close for comfort. What do you want me to do? Mr. Granger, I want to protect Alice. She's a remarkably nice girl. I want her to be released from whatever hold this man has over her. I see. You... You know this Simons person, don't you? Yeah. Just what else do you know? For one thing, I know your niece. I spoke with her just an hour or two ago. What else? This is a guess, but I wonder how close I am. Isn't it true that the man you would like to see dead is this same Larry Simons? With a great deal of pleasure. But what you wouldn't like to see is your niece in a police lineup accused of killing him. Mr. Granger, we're seeing eye to eye. Thanks, Mr. Balfour. Well, suppose I drift over and talk to Simons. Perhaps I could convince him that he's not doing the right thing. Yeah, well, if I were you, I should use all my powers of conviction. So long as those powers aren't lethal, is that it? On the contrary. The more lethal, the better I'd like it. Edgar Balfour's eyes tossed a glance at me cold enough to deep-freeze a sirloin steak. They also blinked goodbye, so I got out of there. And as I left the house, I was thinking with envy of those guys who live a nice, quiet life in nice, quiet offices wearing white collars and adding up figures. For me, in this setup, everything I figured kept adding up to murder. In just a moment, I'll bring you the climax of the case. After my interview with Edgar Balfour, I made tracks for Larry Simons. I was going to enjoy tangling with him again, but I made one phone call first. Henry speaking. Cal, this is Granger. Do something for me, will you? Yeah, sure. What's on your mind? Make a phone call or two and get me a lead on a man named Edgar Balfour. He's got a niece named Alice. There's management of an estate involved. And Larry Simons is mixed up in it? Right. Okay, pal. I'll get on to it pronto. <laughs> This was the block where Larry Simon hung his overcoat. As I moved towards the building where he lived, I saw something interesting. Miss Balfour. Why? It's Granger. What are you doing in this neighborhood, Alice? Been up talking to Larry Simon? No, I... There's a girlfriend of mine who lives here. I dropped in to see her. Uh-huh. Don't you believe me? What's wrong? You're self-conscious? Alice, your uncle hired me to get you out of trouble with Larry Simons. Uncle Edgar? Yeah. Granger, there's really nothing you can do. Why don't you just forget the whole thing? I'll explain to Uncle Edgar that I spoke to you. Uh-uh. I've got a better idea. Let's go up and have a little chat with Larry Simons first. No. I won't go. Come on. You let go of me. You... You snooper! Edgar Balfour was right about his niece being high-spirited. She gave one muscular tug and freed her arm and flounced off down the street like a righteously insulted dowager. I watched her for a minute, then went on my way. Alice or no Alice, I wanted a piece of Larry Simon. A red-faced doorman with a penchant for stray buck gave me his apartment number. 
The elevator boy deposited me at the right floor. I moved towards Simon's apartment with a feeling that all was not good. His door swung open to my touch and I stood there face to face with a sleek little blackmailer. He was sitting in an easy chair, all set for his last long rest. I went through him and came up with a grand prize. Ten one hundred dollar bills. Then I reached for the phone. Calling somebody, Granger? What? Oh, Sergeant Ray, I was just calling you. You were, Mr. Granger? What does it look like I was going to do? You might have been calling Grand Central for transportation out of town. Oh, stop that. You see, I was told to wait for you to come back. We figured that you'd forgotten something, sir. Me? Oh, what did I forget? The ten $100 bills in your hand. Perhaps we should continue this downtown. Downtown? What for? I'm sorry, sir, but it's suspicion of murder. That's your story, Mr. Granger. Can you substantiate it? Of course I can. Edgar Balfour hired me to have a little talk with Larry Simons. And that's why you knew what he had in his coat pocket, sir. Well, sure. Mm Hmm? Yes, Sergeant. Eddie, do you know this man? He's Steve Granger. Where'd you see him last? Uptown earlier today. Under what circumstances? Well, he was having an argument with another fellow named Larry Simons. He says to this other guy, the next time I see you, I'll put a slug right between your eyes. Did you make that statement, Granger? Now, Sergeant, I can tell you... Just tell me if you said it or not. Sergeant Ray, usually one of my friends, just leaned back and waited for me to admit making the statement. I did, feeling certain that my next bedroom would have vertical Venetian blinds. The sergeant could, in view of the patrolman's evidence, hold me under suspicion. But after 15 minutes of explanation, I was released on my own recognizance. I left police headquarters, checked an address from telephone directory, and went uptown. Little fragments of thought were beginning to gel into certainty. This was the apartment house where... Alice Balfour's boyfriend, Alan Gilbert, lived. Granger, what inside, friend? How dare you! Wilbur, I haven't got time to waste right now. You telephoned the police and told them that Larry Simons is dead. Granger, well, who are you covering up for? I'm covering for no one. That's for laughs, mister. Don't you hit me again? Earlier, you were up in my office, making like Rocky Marciano. Now put up those hands of yours and we'll find out how much you were on the level. You, you, you stay away from me. Getting a little nervous, are you? Why'd you tip the cops that I was in Simon's apartment? You were working for Simon's. I wouldn't walk down the same street with that creep. Tell me what I want to hear. Who's behind this move? Well, when you called the law, you implied that I could have killed him, didn't you? You also mentioned the ten one hundred dollar bills, the money you stuffed in his breast pocket. I didn't, Granger. It, it, it was Alice. I, I, I saw her come out of Simon's place. I went up after she'd left. I saw him sitting in that chair. This becomes really interesting. What else? Nothing. You're lying, and I think we'll prove that at Alice Balfour's house. Suppose I refuse to go. You can go with me now, or with a police officer later. I want your telephone. There.
stranger. You don't know what you're doing. Be quiet. Henrik speaking. Cal, this is Steve. What about that information I asked you to get? Got it right here. Edgar Balfour administers an estate for his niece, Alice. His administration has been strictly on the level. Nothing wrong? Not with the estate. But the rumor boys have drifted around a remark that Balfour has been under the influence of a blackmailer. That makes two of them. Thanks, Cal. Don't mention it so long. So long. Now, come on, you. I shoved Alan Gilbert along ahead of me like a case of soft drink bottles. I got a hack and headed for the Balfour residence. A few minutes later, Alice answered the door. Alan! Uh, Mr. Granger! Well, what's wrong? Miss Balfour, do you know that Larry Simons is dead? Somebody shot and killed him. What? I can't believe it. Why can't you? Because he was still alive when you left his apartment earlier today? I wasn't in his apartment. I was visiting a dressmaker. Gilbert, tell your girlfriend what you saw. Honey, I'm sorry. Alan, you didn't. He did. Ranger, what are you looking for in that drawer? Just this. Nice little revolver, Miss Balfour. That's been fired, too. Two shells gone out of the magazine. Police will enjoy a gander at this plaything. Granger, you don't understand. Oh, but I do, Miss Balfour. You killed Larry, didn't you? I didn't. I think Simons was afraid to face you, baby. He knew you were gunning for him. That's why he came to me. I was to be the collector. Only the stubborn streak in my nature prompted me to turn him down. So you shot him. That's not true. Baby, don't bother lying anymore. I am not a liar. You lied twice, Alice. On the street, when you told me you were visiting a girlfriend in the same building where Larry Simons lived. Now it's a dressmaker you went to see. Well, You're not even a clever liar. I think I'll have a little chat with your uncle. I don't think he'll like what I've got to say. My uncle isn't home. Two will get you five. That's a third lie, baby. Where is he? I don't know. Darling, please tell Granger the truth. Very well. Uncle Edgar is here. But I wish you wouldn't excite him. He has a very bad heart. Any little shock might prove fatal. Just the same. I've got to talk to him. I've heard something that throws an entirely different light on this little picture. Different light? Miss Balfour, your uncle was being blackmailed, too. What? Yeah. I just got this information. I'm going to talk to your uncle about it. Now, where's his room? Come with me. I'll show you. This is his room here. Knock on the door. Don't tell him I'm here. Uncle Edgar, it's me. Alice. Uncle. It's me. Open the door. Uncle. That sounded like a ghost. Out of the way. Oh, Uncle Edgar. Uncle. He's dead, Alice. He shot himself. I can tell you. I didn't shoot Larry Simons. Uncle Edgar killed him. Well, friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. When Alice 
Balfour made the statement that her uncle had killed Larry Simons, Alan Gilbert's face took on that look of disbelief that crosses an expectant farthest face when he realizes it's two instead of one. I looked at the girl, too. I realized that my uncle murdered Larry, but I had to protect him. You were protecting him before, weren't you? That's why you were paying off to Larry Simons. Yes. Larry kept promising a release. When I ran into you, I knew he'd never keep his promise. How long have you known your uncle was the murderer? Just after Larry was killed. I went to his apartment. I saw his body. I, I knew then. When I got back here, I started to tell Uncle Edgar. He evaded me. Later, he handed me this letter. Here, Granger, you read it. My dear Alice, I killed Larry Simons. You've been blackmailing me for years for a minor offense. I paid because I wanted to remain the custodian of your estate, which you will find in perfect order. When I found out he was taking money from you, too, I decided to do away with him. It was the only thing I could do, your affectionate Uncle Edgar. You see? He was trying to help me. He missed badly. I found you in the neighborhood. If he had done away with the murder gun instead of sticking it on that desk, you would have been in a jam. Yes, sir. I know. Murder never pays, does it? Steve Granger again. You've just heard one of the most interesting cases in my files. I'll have another one for you, so be around next time. Next time.